I'm Michael Laurie and you're listening to the Ulster Rugby Roundup. Hello and welcome to the Ulster Rugby Roundup's World Cup Special, brought to you in association with Remus Uomo, Victoria Square Belfast and Stockists Nationwide. Hello and welcome to the Ulster Rugby Roundup. I'm your host Gareth Hanna and with me is rugby correspondent Michael Sadler. Oh, hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. Not a problem, Michael. Always a pleasure. Very disappointed by the World Cup final result alongside him is Ulster Rugby photographer John Dixon. Hello, how you doing? Not too bad, John. You're, you're a disappointed man after Saturday morning, aren't you? No, I was delighted. Um, <laughs> Did you say I was disappointed as well? No, 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 no John. just John. No, I was delighted. I think the uh, result he shocked everybody. He, he, he literally skipped in here. He's, <laughs> a, he's not happy about it. He's um, not the only one. <laughs> no, I'm no. Awful, no, I'm fantastic. Anyway, no. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But first of all, of course, we have the Ulster action to to dive into. First of all, Friday night's uh, victory over Zebra, twenty-two seven. The main talking point, first of all, John, for you primarily, were the conditions, which were <clears throat> horrendous. Yeah, I think um, it was what I would call very heavy rain. <laughs> Um, a very dense rain. Um, it fell straight down and was absolutely soaking everything. Um, bibs, computer, lenses, uh, very difficult conditions to work in, never mind to uh, for the <laughs> players to play in. Um, I think that um, that probably had a big effect on mm. the game. Dono wants to know how you protect your equipment. Well, I, like I actually stopped using my laptop after about 20 minutes. The, the kit was getting so wet, I just had to close it up. I only got eight uh, pictures out live during the game, um, <clears throat> and I normally shoot about 35 live. Um, I would say so they eight good ones, though. They were all right, <laughs> but <laughs> they were sharp, hopefully. But uh, I think that, that was probably the worst rain that I've had to endure since the Harlequins game. Michael, you were talking about yeah. it earlier, mm-hmm. uh, back uh, in the Heineken Cup a number of years ago, but we had wind that day and we had oh. cold. Uh, it wasn't cold or windy on, on Friday night, but mm. the rain was horrendous. Looking on, on TV, it just seemed like the weather overtook the whole thing, meant it wasn't much of a, a spectacle. No, it wasn't much of a spectacle, and, and I mean, the point was made afterwards that the conditions were exceptionally difficult, and I mean, there's no denying that. As, as supporters who got drenched can testify as well as the players, and John, we were fine, of course, we were back at the stand, <laughs> we were okay, but uh, no, it dictated the, the pattern of the game, it was very staccato, it never really got going, Ulster just sort of played him again in snatches, and yeah, you know, you, you can certainly say that this was entirely due to the weather, they were expected to see Zebra off more comfortably than they did and of course mm-hmm. get that crucial fourth try which unfortunately they, they failed to do it may well come back uh, to haunt them but you know it was really really hard to play any kind of semblance of cohesive rugby out there which um, as I said before was a point that was made afterwards by mm-hmm. everyone who was talking about it from coaches and players and we could all see that ourselves mm-hmm. in fact Ulster did very well indeed to get you know two of those tries the other one being obviously the, uh, the penalty try yeah. as well I had said before these two games, the Cardiff Zebra games, that really Ulster, when all said and done, would have been hoping for 10 points from those two games. To take only eight, how significant do you think that could be coming in the season, John? I, think, I don't think they'd worry too much about it. Um, you know, They had their chances in that game on Friday night. That they, they kicked into the corner about three, four times in that second half. And really, I guess they were disappointed they didn't finish that off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they got the penalty try, and, and Rob got his try disallowed. So that would have been the fourth try, obviously, uh, or the third. And, and of course, Rob, yeah, Rob didn't yeah. score. But look, 
I don't think that they'll be that disappointed. I think the, the win's the most important thing. It's this momentum of winning that they'll want to build. Mm. And they're doing that quite nicely since, obviously, the Cheetahs game. Um, but when you see what's happened to the Cheetahs in the last couple of weeks on the road, they lost to Connacht and they lost to the Scarlets. Yeah. So that's helped ease mm. the pain a wee bit from an Ulster point of view in that conference. Yeah. And Ulster would take the... What, how many points they have? Is it 19? I'm not sure, I forgot to look before today, but whatever it is, and sitting inside yeah, in the group, but also yeah. taking us start they, of the season. They did take a, a bonus point from the Cheetahs, though, took a point from the Cheetahs, mm-hmm. which very, very few, if no, nobody else, I think, has managed to do. Um, so that's a point you could say that they weren't necessarily expecting to get because the Cheetahs have hammered everybody in Bloemfontein, including Ulster, of course. But still, having said that, it is one of those things that you might well look back and, and, and go, well, you know, those were two back to back home games. Maybe we should have, we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're second in the conference because the Cheetahs have fallen away a bit since they went on the road, mm-hmm. um, so that's reasonable enough. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I can't help. There's, there's that niggling feeling that, despite the conditions, they really should have got that fourth one against Zebra. And I, I don't know if it'll come back to haunt them. I hope it won't, but I have a funny feeling it just might. And Rob Herring, as you rightly pointed out, did get that disallowed because there was a block. Mm-hmm. By Karen Treadwell, which Dan actually McFarland said afterwards, in his opinion, wasn't a block at all. Right. Um, but I have to say, from what I could see of it, it looked mm-hmm. like Kieran had stepped in such a way yeah. that he knew what he was doing. But they also had a maul. I think it was near the end, which they, they had got mauled into touch, which was also very disappointing. That that lack of accuracy. Again, you've got to bear in mind the mitigating factors. They were probably pretty. They were exhausted. It was a very difficult night to play rugby on. But I think at this level, you really have to be doing better against Zebra who despite what they did against Leinster the week before that mm-hmm. are still a side that most people would expect at home yeah. um, to be able to see off with, with a minimum of four tries What did you think of that disallowed try? Um, from where I was it looked like a try uh, I watched again on the replay mm-hmm. you know uh, I would see I think I would agree with Dan I think it probably was very harsh in Ulster um, but taking your point about Zebra I think that you have to then appreciate what they did and how they defended so well mm, in yeah. that period of time. And, you know, they're not the team of old. None of the Italian teams are. Uh, both both sides have um, recruited very well during the off-season and both are now feeling a much stronger side. And their second 15s um, are much stronger. So they've got strength and depth. And I think, uh, you know, when you look at what Michael Bradley did and where they have been, la- where they were last year to where they are this year, I think he needs a lot of credit. And, you know, that Irish access in there uh, with, with obviously, um, Conor O'Shea helping them out as well. Um, I think Italian rugby is improving. And I, I reckon, you know, they're on and up, uh, Zebra Boys. And I think they could cause a few problems for some teams. In Parma, certainly, yeah. yeah. Which they do occasionally from time to time, in mm-hmm. fairness. And I have to say, their tribe was very well constructed. That little neat inside pass, no-look yeah. sort of pass, mm-hmm. uh, which they got right at the posts. It, it was it was a good try. And I, they did play better than you would have expected them, yeah. perhaps, mm-hmm. to play in the past. They're always going to be tricky at home. And, and yeah. Benetton are the same. Um, but still, Zebra will still end up, I would say, bottom of the conference, no matter what. You know, mm-hmm. that, 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 yeah. that's probably non-negotiable but we'll see as, as time goes on we don't know we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see Positives from the game then um, what was the what was your chief one for, for Ulster you're a very, very positive man Michael oh I am um, yeah, yeah, yeah very positive rolling off the top um, well um, I thought Luke Marshall again did, he did actually get man of the match this week which I would have, wouldn't have in any way disputed yeah. um, I thought he, he made a difference when he got the ball when he got a little bit of time he just seemed a little bit more composed 
uh, under the, you know under the in, in the conditions that everyone had to play in. And he he, he did really really well to set up David Shanahan's Dave Shanahan's try. Dave Shanahan doing those wonderful little sort of trail runs that he does and always free mm-hmm. in the inside. It was it was a very well executed, but it wasn't a planned move. I asked Luke Marshall about it afterwards. He said it was totally off the cuff. He just saw space. He hit it. He found he was through, and he could see Shanahan. So it was a, it was a no brainer really. The only problem being. Would the pass be good enough, and yeah. would Dave be able to hold it in the the wet? Yeah. That, thankfully for Ulster, it, it all worked. I thought he was very good. Marcel could see again, put in a very big shift, mm. which he's doing again and again. We'd wondered the week before if they'd ask him to go again. Yeah. They did. Now he did miss a tackle for the zebra try. He gets run through actually by uh, I think it was Bellini, the winger. Mm-hmm. But you know. Picking out an error from Marcel Coutinho is pretty hard to do, and that, that's a rare, mm. rare moment. Yeah. Just a slight lapse in concentration. I don't think. I think the problem was nobody saw that little mm. little s- slip move coming. Mm. But he, he again put in a very, very uh, big shift. So, look, positives. They won another game, and they didn't lose, mm. and that's the key thing. They weren't expected to lose, and they move on. Um, and now they move on to Thoman Park. Which, uh, as has already been alluded to last week and in, in uh, post match, immediately post match, is um, is a big game for them. Last game for Europe, and they do they're still hurting over mm-hmm. the was it sixty four seven record defeat they suffered there last uh, last season. The other guy in the backs that impressed me uh, was Rob Little. I think yeah. Rob has great uh, counter-attack uh, capabilities, and I think when he gets on the ball, he can create stuff from nothing. Um, his jinky run in the middle of the first yeah. half was spectacular and almost opened up the Zebra defence um, so he, he was one that put his hand up and the forwards um, was impressed with Tom O'Toole who put in another big shift, mm-hmm. uh, shift. Um, and another one, uh, Rob Herring oh, his work rate was amazing uh, Kieran Treadwell's leg drive uh, taking the ball into contact was uh, very good throughout the game and then again looking in the back row, Marcel fantastic mm. Mm-hmm. So there were, were a lot of positives um, that they'll take into the uh, moving forward, take, uh, moving forward into this game against Munster. That's true. What John says you sometimes forget about Rob Little. <clears throat> he sort of comes into yeah. the side, he comes out of the side. Quite often he gets injured. He's, he's very unlucky in that way. But the number of tries actually Rob scored over the seasons, which really he shouldn't be scoring, but he, he, he manages to do it. Mm-hmm. Or little moments he creates. He looks really, really dangerous out in the wing, and uh, you know having him there is. I mean that, that's what you want. A bit of a selection headache. What do you do, Gilroy? Himself, Balakun, Stocktail, uh, Flui Ludic's around. You know, yeah. there, there are lots of options there, which is a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, speaking of those options, there might be one less for a few weeks. Will Addison went off after just 16 minutes. I, I know Ulster don't really say anything about injuries, and I know that's no, no. different, but what's the sort of consensus? Um, as to how serious well, he, this could be he, he was in a sling yeah he was in a sling he didn't look good we don't know arm, shoulder it could, we don't know uh, it didn't look good at all um, and he's just so luckless it seems that he just yeah. doesn't seem to be able to get a run does it no. uh, and then something happens to him we, we just don't know there, there might be an injury update issued this week if it is coming it may well be probably tomorrow mm-hmm. or it could even be Wednesday sometimes they do that yeah. um, but I think as John already mentioned before uh, we're not expecting to see Will Addison I think anytime soon really looking at that but you never know yeah. you never know yeah fingers crossed for that one because he's just that's such a he started off so well yeah. in the first three or four months now mm-hmm. that he's going to be a real superstar and just needs to, to get another run in the team to do that again but Robert Balakun could be could be back and stepping into that, that position that Will Addison will vacate in the team yeah well I would think if he's going to um 
try to get that jersey and have to play this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the the game where you know they're building up for the European uh, campaign and they need to get sort of all hands on deck so they're all playing together, get some continuity going, and obviously uh, no no harder place to go than Park <laughs> to, uh, to to look for a win. And I think that um, yeah, if Rob comes in, he should uh, hopefully contribute well Funny, to the. Because he hasn't played this season, sure he hasn't. Maybe he played in no. playing preseason. No, he, no, he got he got injured during the summer. And <clears throat> so he is fit and available for this weekend. I so believe he's. Him. I believe he is available. Yes, he's expected he to be available. On, he was in the warm up on Friday night. Seemed to be running absolutely fine. And indeed, afterwards, um, Dan McFarland did say that Robert Balakoon would be one player who'd been mm-hmm. mixed this week. Okay. Um, and you would think, you would like to to get him involved. Yeah, very mm-hmm. much. Well, three other players then that uh, look likely to be in the mix. Um, well, we reckon we'll probably see them in the pitch at some stage. Are the, the Ireland international, Stockdale Henderson and Jordy Murphy? They are free to come back into the team now? I believe so. Um, Dan obviously wasn't giving it away as such. He just said that they are available and they would look at what they would do about it. But, you know, he did say working logically, uh, you would say we would like to see them on the pitch at least for some game time before... Uh, Europe uh, mm-hmm. away at Bath that would be a big ask to just suddenly throw them in there Yeah. so I, th- I think you may well be seeing some of them and of course the same with Munster as well uh-huh. Munster yeah. will be doing something similar so again as we refer to this could actually be an inter-pro where you've two pretty mm-hmm. strong uh, teams going at each other which yeah. is a rarity indeed absolutely what way would you expect those three to be used? Um, well Jordy, congratulations Jordy, on your engagement by the way Oh, when was yeah, this? It was at the weekend Oh, do we know the details? Where uh, did you do no. it? How did you do it? No. no. We'll have to get that off. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I honestly think that if they're all fit and uh, and ready to go, um, they'll all be used, I would say. Mm. I, but do you think they'll be used from the start or from the bench? Or? Um, oh, I would like to think they're used from the start. I think they want to go down to, to, to the Munster team uh, and take them on. Um, we need all hands on deck to do that. Yeah. Um, again... A lot of these people are, are players are brought back um, into the mix, and the return to play protocols very strictly managed by a very very competent mm-hmm. um, medical team, yeah. and they will maybe say he gets half a game or mm-hmm. whatever. It'll depend on what they say at the yeah. end of the day. Um, but I mean, if they're taking part in training and getting full in full contact, and uh, they'll be monitoring them very closely this week. And if they come through mm-hmm. all that, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't start them or give them a run oh, out. Yeah. One thing we didn't mention, actually, I think Louis Ludic also went off on Friday night with what appeared to be some sort of knock. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I don't know what again what it was, mm-hmm. but I don't think that was a tactical move with Louis. I think Louis got a bad bang, but I don't know what it is. So where does that leave if Addison's out and oh. Ludic are both out? Where does that leave us for the back three? Well, well, you've got issues like you've got Rob Little, Robert Balakoon, Craig Gilroy. You could. Uh, well, you've Stockdale can play Stockdale fullback. Well, can play fullback. Little can play fullback. And Gilroy can play fullback. So yeah. you've got th- okay. full, um, so three fullbacks there. You're okay. And you can keep Matt Faddis in the centre if you have to keep him in mm-hmm. the centre with Luke. If, yeah. if, say, Stuart McCluskey isn't back. I don't think James Schumer is going to be back. I no. can't remember what no. he said, but I don't think he is. And we don't know any more about Stuart, Stuart McCluskey. was just said last week to be sort of touch and go for the Zebra game there. So assuming that was true, he's bound to be all right for Munster. Well, again, you know, you want him on the pitch. You want him right for Europe too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've missed him. 
because he just gives them that little bit more gain line. So it, as soon as I'm sure they can utilize him, I think you'll probably see him out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where this uh, that's where the um, the strength and conditioning guys will come in and they'll be monitoring Stuart's progress mm-hmm. very very closely and they'll make that call. Yeah, with the physios. Another man we haven't seen this season, Marty Moore. Could see him on Saturday. Yes, um, Marty's again. He, I think, he was targeting to get back, f- hopefully for the European games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to do that, he needs to be in the mix. And, <laughs> same as it. You know, yeah. same situation. Yeah. So we really could have two strong teams going at it, as you said earlier, Mega. Mm-hmm. It would be a bit of a rarity, and it'll be just interesting to see how Ulster match up against Munster whenever they're both fairly well at full strength because it's something I haven't seen for a while. How do you reckon the, the will match up though? I think they'll do very well. Um, it, it's great that this fixture is coming at, the, at this moment in time. Um, it's always been sort of late September when uh, players are still, Ireland players are still just filtering back in after a summer tour or whatever and Ulster have gone down there weak Mm-hmm. Um, and they've never given a uh, really well. Not that, it's not that they haven't given a good account of themselves. I think it's a they've been overpowered by a much stronger home <laughs> side. Um, they're going down hopefully this week a lot stronger, and Munster will be a lot stronger because they're in the same position as Ulster. They're mm-hmm. building for a European campaign, so um, it's going to be interesting, very interesting. And I, I think they'll yeah. I have no worries of Ulster going down there and <laughs> and, and getting the result. Mm-hmm. Do some of the clashes, apart from the horrible one last year, have actually been very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what they drew there in, in, in late 2018, but that was six days after Munster had played a Heineken Cup semi-final. There's always yeah. an, an issue somewhere yeah. along the line. Yeah. Or of Ulster, for instance, I think sent down a very weakened team. The one they won, actually, believe it or not, was that the one with... Um, yeah, they won with James McKinney, Michael Heaney and people like that, playing just prior Mark, to... Mark McRae scored in the corner that night. That's right. <laughs> prior to, um, I think, uh, Pro Pro 12, I think as it was then, semi-finals. Mm-hmm. Ulster went down weak right, okay. and actually got a result. Munster were also planning for mm-hmm. a, uh, a semi-final. So, so there's always been a distraction, if you know what I mean. Yeah. This time, there isn't one, because Europe's not a distraction. It's coming the next mm-hmm. week. So actually, this could, more I think about it, be... And I mean, when I say rarity, I mean it's it's almost like it's hen's teeth. It's going to be yeah. quite potentially a fully full-on competitive interpro, something we don't we just don't see anymore. Would it be not nice be nice to have more of this to have the schedule tweak a little bit so we can well, see the full teams and interpros? The problem is that most most of these interpros take place over the the Christmas period, oh, that's mm. uh, um, or at the end of the season when um, probably a team is maybe. Uh, Achieved their ambition of getting into the, the playoffs, mm. so therefore they're, they're, there's no need to risk the, the frontline players. Yeah. Um, the last time Ulster were in a full-on competitive Interpro was the quarter-final of the Heineken Cup last year, and we know <laughs> yeah. how well they did that day. Absolutely. So you know, let's hope for more of that. Yeah, big time. One man I meant to mention earlier when we were talking about people being rested. Maybe there's a wider point here. We had said, remember last week that over these next over Zebra and Munster you probably see the squad chop and change a little bit to manage uh, playing time coming up to Europe so will any players who then have been playing a lot could you see anybody that likes it could see it being rested this weekend um, you could because he's had such a heavy workload but uh, and of course yeah you see I, I think that there must be a chance we thought it was going to happen against Zebra but they didn't I don't think Marcelo can just keep doing this, particularly with two back-to-back weekends in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, they could do it, um, 
I think that that would weaken them. That that'd be a problem. But I don't know that Marcel can keep can keep producing these. Being smiled at here. No, I'm smiling. Very funny. You know what? What? I can't believe the question he's just asked. Why? That's actually quite a good question. What do you think? You're it's, rugby, it's a rarity. Yeah, yeah. As rugby now, someone's writing your questions for you. Hannah. Absolutely. Come How on. dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I mean, that's actually quite a good question. Uh, you're never coming ne- back. You're I never, never, never back. thought of that one. Well, there you go. Well, wait a minute. That came up last week, though. What? The very same it. one. Did you yeah. ask it? Yeah. Oh, it's it's given, a good question. I've asked it twice. Someone's given you no, nobody's given them inside them. information or something. <laughs> nobody's see, every time I bring him on, he just sits there and offends me. What do you think, John? Do you think anybody could be arrested? Yeah, there's a possibility. Um, I mean, Marcel's key to Ulster's success. Yeah. Uh, it might be a chance to give other young players yeah. a go. The, da- a chance. the danger with it is that if you don't have Stuart McCluskey and you also then rest Marcel. You just don't have that same ball-carrying presence. Yeah. Now, we haven't really had them, at really. I think they, they briefly played together, wasn't it, at the Kings game? Yeah. Yes, they did. Uh, but uh, Stuart had to come off. Um, so to have them both together, working in tandem, would just would, would be a much, much better situation for Ulster to be in. Not taking anything away from anyone else who might come in, but just their particular skill sets. Um, but he has an extremely heavy workload, so it would be sensible. Yeah. To, to let him put his feet up and get ready for uh, the wreck and bath the week after. But so uh, if he's not in the squad, people shouldn't panic. No, no, I wouldn't have thought okay. so. No, Francois Lowe and against uh, Marcel. Whoa! Yep, <laughs> mouth watering. Yeah, far better than Nick Williams against Marcel, which we thought might be a contest. <laughs> it it yeah. didn't tend to be. It wasn't no. at all actually. But that one would be good. That yeah. Would be good. Ulster's form so far this season, John. That they have. We have been talking about it. Uh, most weeks really that that just haven't been able to put 80 minutes together uh, how worrying is that for you coming up to a game like this in Tillman Park where they got such a hiding last year and then the Europeans no, I, I'm, I wouldn't be too worried I think um, uh, I think it's the, the, the momentum is there they've only lost the one game um, and the momentum is there you know building nicely for this um, mm-hmm. for this Heineken Cup game and I think that you know, okay, they're playing maybe a wee bit within themselves. Um, there's the, the good thing. There's more to come. Um, I think somebody said it last week. I heard them saying in a post-match interview. You know, maybe Louis said it. You know, it's we're winning, but um, we're we're not playing our best rugby. There's more to come. Well, I'd rather be in that situation <laughs> than winning, playing mm-hmm. full out, uh, and yeah. you know, at hundred percent perfect. If that was 100% perfect, then you would be worried. But there's lots to improve on, lots to work on. That's what you really want when you go back in on a Monday after a weekend. You want to be able to, to be working on things, concentrating on things, put things right that you did wrong in that match, mm-hmm. and build for the game ahead. Um, but I don't think it's a worry uh, at all. Maybe they'll pick at the right time. I think it's, it's a slow burn like South yeah. Africa, you mean? Exactly. Just right. yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I would be a little bit more worried, but then I worry anyway. That's why I have no hair. <laughs> yeah. I worry anyway. I'd be a little bit worried that they are struggling to put together a totally consistent performance. Uh, that would concern me. The one thing that they've got better at, certainly, the discipline was much better this week. They were really concerned the penalty counts. In the last couple of games were really bad. They brought that right down, which on a night like that wasn't bad at all. But um, I don't know. I honestly, honestly don't know. They haven't really taken full control, to my mind, of a game yet. That's not to say they won't do it, but I think that they've got to start doing it now and, and beginning to show a bit as we run up mm. to Christmas instead of what we're getting, which is a bit of a sort of stutter, a, bit, a period in the game when they're pretty good and they sort of fall away. Uh, it was the other way around um, this week because they actually they didn't start well. 
which was the opposite yeah. to what had happened um, against Cardiff Blues. Um, but uh, there is a lot to be said. You know, at the end of the day, you get a W, you get a W, and that's far, far better than an L. Um, so they're, they're still winning. But I would be a bit more worried uh, than John. I think they've got to start um, ramping it up a bit and, and trying to bring that accuracy and cohesion to much more of the game than they've been doing and for longer periods in the game than they've been doing. Mm. If they can do that, yeah. then I think we can be very encouraged. Well, here's another good question, but this one isn't mine. This is Donald's actual question for the week. So he asks, much has been made of Dan Soper's influence on players like John Cooney and Luke Marshall, but over the course of the last few games, do you think you've seen skills across the whole team improve or just a select few players because he points out that he still sees poor passing, drop balls and set-piece problems? So what do you think? Have you seen uh, skills improve across the, the whole team in recent weeks? Well, I know John John Cooney alluded to Dan's influence last week. Yeah. Um, in, in being almost like a you know a, someone he could talk to about when, when yeah, things were going wrong, a counselor yeah. almost. But I know that Dan works very very hard with them, with with skills. I don't think you can really say very much about what, what went on with Zebra because <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> yeah. so so difficult. Um, I I really don't know. I, I wouldn't know how to answer that question. But I do know that he's working very hard with them, so there must be a benefit. And Dan Soper is a very, very respected coach mm-hmm. and a popular guy too, and he knows his onions. So I'm sure that it is working. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, John. I mean, do you see anything in, in particular about his influence? Or not? Um, he, well, he certainly has a big influence. Mm-hmm. Um, very respected, as you mm-hmm. say, uh, and a great coach. I mean, I, I know I see him working whenever I do training sessions um, with the team. He, he's got one-to-one with different players mm-hmm. um, and he's working in different aspects, whether it's passing, tackling, um, <laughs> under the high ball, catching high ball, whatever. Um, he, he's working all the time yeah. and it's a lot of it's one-to-one stuff he does. Um, and then obviously whenever the players are coming to da- together, they do a lot of defensive drills mm-hmm. and Jared takes a lot of that stuff. Um, and Dan helps, and you know you can see um, the the eyes and the intelligence that they have between Dan, uh, Dan McFarland, uh, Dan Sober, Jared Payne Peely, and then of course uh, you know uh, Roddy Grant. Mm-hmm. It's it's great collateral of mm-hmm. of uh, rugby knowledge there, and I, I think that Dan is a major contributor to it. Yeah, well, you obviously, as you say, see this sort of behind the scenes stuff, so. As you both said, Dan Soper is so well respected across rugby. But what is it that makes him a good coach, or what is it that makes a good coach? From what you, you see at the background, I think you know. I think all good coaches are teachers. <laughs> They're very good at communicating mm-hmm. with people, mm-hmm. uh, and they can reach people on a one-to-one level. And uh, John Cooney, for example, has the ability to go to this man and say, "Look, I'm having a bit of problem with this," so Dan will work with him on it. Mm-hmm. You know, or how do you see me? Um, am I getting my foot too close to the ball and striking the ball, or whatever? Whatever the problem is, to have the confidence to go to somebody to know that you're going to get the right mm-hmm. answer coming back is crucial, and mm-hmm. I think that's what he has. Yeah, I think you yeah. know me, Michael. Whenever I have a problem, I can just come to you, and I know that you oh, give yeah. me the right advice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was the last time you did that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. It was interesting that interview John Cooney last week. Though, mm-hmm. the, what are you saying about how in training, if he's struggling or he was struggling before the wasn't the Cardiff he, game when he kicked so yeah. well, he, he said he couldn't kick it in the warm up. He couldn't and do it. Just, it was really and, and during the week as well, he said he yeah, couldn't yeah. do it either. But then he also said that perhaps that's just sometimes it clicks because of the big match. Mm-hmm. The, the actual match comes, then you click into yeah. a different mentality. But it is worrying because I mean, obviously. 
place kickers, it, it, so much of it is mental. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to be absolutely 100% before you actually get into the real mm-hmm. thing, but you don't want to be 0% either. You know? <laughs> but it didn't do him any harm. It didn't actually do him any harm at all, no. So, just finally then, on this game this weekend, John, I presume you're going to predict an Ulster win, are you? Um, phew, I'd be very brave to do so. Why not? But you are brave and you're Why an not? optimistic man. Why not? Michael, I assume you're not going to predict I'm not going to predict. No, I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think Monster will win. I'm a bit more phlegmatic about it. I think Monster will win. But I will say this much. Um, if they do win, I, it's going to be nothing like, and I'm really putting my neck on the line here, it's going to be nothing like what we saw um, in September of last year. I think it'll be a very competitive game. Yeah, I'm hoping so. And I just get the feeling that that has hurt them and scarred them so much that they've been. This has been festering now for a long time. Just from hearing little things that have been said, mm-hmm. that this is, and and they'll deny it. They'll probably go, oh no, 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 it's, it's we're not really talking about that. But just little things that they have indicated already in the lead up to this that they are thinking about that and the effect it had on them and how humiliating that was. Regardless mm-hmm. of the team they sent down, they still yeah. folded in a way they shouldn't have. And I think that they're not going to let that mm. and they shouldn't let that happen again. Well, my score prediction from last week was very close to being right. I don't even I remember it. It, it was wasn't. as far You're going to make it up now, aren't you? No, honestly, I think it was 29-7. Sure, if Ulster no. got another try. I don't think it was 29-7. Oh, you I made that up. Okay, I right, think you <laughs> said it was going to be something like 27-10. Was it? I don't know. But look, it wasn't. Go for 1915 this week. You ain't 1915? Yeah, okay. Sorry, John. Okay. Well, you know, somebody's going to be right. <laughs> it could even be a draw like they have drawn before so Baker how have things been going in camp this season you obviously as we were saying are, uh, have this access to the team that all, all of our listeners <coughs> and ourselves don't have so what's what's just the mood been like and what's it like whenever the, the Ireland players are away for so long what impact um, does that have they disappear and, you, and the, it's just like normal training it's, yeah. uh, everybody's working hard um, and I think what's good about this part of the, the season is young players are getting the chance mm-hmm. and at the start of the season there was a lot of the academy players were actually coming into senior training like Callum Reid yeah. uh, young Nathan Doak you know the young players who, um, who everybody seemed to be talking about yeah well they're all they're all getting an opportunity to train with the senior team and feel part of the setup and uh, they're well there's a few others like um, young um, David McCann's another one uh, Who's, who's a player that has come on so well this year? So, you know, when when international players are out of the system, obviously their numbers down on the training paddock, so they need to bring boys in. So it gives opportunities for younger guys mm. to put their hands up. And the A team, obviously this year, and mm. I've been with them quite a bit, um, have been fantastic. Uh, and what they have achieved this year to get to the final of that, um, the the Celtic Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, has been an enormous credit to, to Kieran Campbell and Willie Anderson uh, and, and the team themselves, the effort mm-hmm. to put in. These young guys are getting their chances with the senior team. So when they, uh, and the international players, to answer your question, when the international mm-hmm. players are away, you don't really see any difference. Yeah. What is the big difference is when the balls come out at the start of the Heineken Cup week, there's totally different buzz. And that's evident. You see the 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 Gilbert balls come out with the uh, <coughs> with the new Heineken branding on it. Mm-hmm. Then you really know you're in the big stuff. Yeah. And there is a different buzz around training that week. Uh, it's very enjoyable. You're listening to the Ulster Rugby Roundups World Cup Special, brought to you in association with Wimusuwa, Victoria Square Belfast, and Stockist Nationwide. So all on weekend, and John, 
we'll begin with you again because it was another disappointing week for Balnehinch, your beloved Balnehinch. Thanks very much. They haven't been going well at all. Um, Division 1A, Michael, you'll agree this, is a different ball game from Division 1B in that their players are (coughs) at least six inches taller and (coughs) six inches wider (laughs) in some cases than it is in 1B. And Balnehinch um, struggled, they got into 1A a couple of years ago and they struggled with the same issues. Uh, Having said that, um, they have only got two bonus points and it'll be a dogfight between them, I think, and Young Munster, who are also struggling. Um, Balnehinch, I think, are, uh, well, they've lost four from four and this week they've got uh, Lansdowne coming to Ballymacaran Park Mm -hmm. and that's not going to be easy. Uh, Young Munster, Young Monster are five points and uh, they have one draw to their credit and mm-hmm. three losses. Okay. So um, they're not going that not well either. Enough. Just before I let you go then, the World Cup final. South Africa ended up winning 32-12 and neither of you were supporting the Northern Hemisphere team. Mm, no. Yeah, not really. Unapologetically so. No. <laughs> um, actually, I was very surprised with the result. Um um, delighted and surprised uh, for play to South Africa. Um, they played some well from a, from a front row player myself. Um, I really enjoyed the scrummaging and yeah. the base of Mulherby were unbelievable. And mm. they roasted England up front and won a lot of scrum penalties. Um, so did England play their final against New Zealand? I think they did. And Warren think, Gatland was right. Yeah, um, they were magnificent against New Zealand, and I didn't think if they turned up uh, at the weekend and played like that, I don't think South Africa could have lived with them. But mm. obviously, they hadn't counted the chickens. I think they were much, much more subtle, and they they brought a, a game plan which I don't think England were necessarily expecting. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. when England had their dominant period, do you remember towards the end of the first half when they were banging away in the South African line? You just thought they've got to score. Mm-hmm. They're going to score. They, they have to score. Mm-hmm. They couldn't, and I think that was an absolutely pivotal moment in the game when England suddenly thought, yeah. "Wait a minute." In, the, in my working it out um, before the the World Cup, and I'm looking at the draw and the pool. I had Ireland coming through. I'm sure you had the same to win the our pool, and yes. we were the faced. Um, South Africa yes. in that quarterfinal. <coughs> and I honestly still think that if Ireland had played South Africa in that quarterfinal, Ireland would have beaten them. Because okay. I don't think South Africa got to that, you know, they, had, they were slowly progressing, but they weren't that great. Mm-hmm. And and I think Ireland had a game to beat South Africa. The fact that they played the, the, uh, the All Blacks, they were goosed. Well, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not so sure because I think Ireland were goosed themselves anyway. So. As it turns out, yeah. yeah, I do. I do. I don't mm-hmm. think Ireland were going to beat that South African team either. The way the way they were playing, albeit uh, a year ago, maybe, yeah. but yeah, yeah. not a year ago. We're mm-hmm. now. I I don't think they had. Yeah. They would have had the beating of them either. The worst. The only the only reason why I'm glad that South Africa won is just the way the English media um, carry on with uh, with their team when the, the when they do well or have a good mm-hmm. game. It's just full on, and it just. I'm sure everybody says That's the same. That's a media for you. Yeah, well, well, the media. And then I was told that if Ireland had done that to the All Blacks, we would be exactly the same. Well, <laughs> interestingly, I was speaking to some Kiwis, and they didn't want South Africa to win. They wanted England to win. Really? And the reason? 
They didn't want South Africa to win three World Cups because yeah, then okay. they're three all. <laughs> there are all these wee agendas all over yeah, the place. Yeah, all these agendas <laughs> coming out of everywhere. Well, look, that's the end of our agenda for this week. Um, Rugby so, was the winner. Uh, well, hopefully Ulster will be the winner this weekend. And Monster, that game kicks off on Saturday at, what, 5.15? So you can follow that on the live blog and Belfast Telegraph website. But that's us for this week. So from Michael Sapp. Thank you. From John Dixon. All right, thanks, Gareth. And from me, Gareth. Huh? Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Ulster Rugby Roundup's World Cup Special, brought to you in association with Rima Suomo, Victoria Square Belfast and Stockists Nationwide.